0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Confidential. With the BAFTA Awards this weekend, it felt like the entire awards race took a turn. So I wanted to jump on the line with Ryan McQuaid, executive editor over at Awards Watch, and talk about what this means for the awards race and everything else. Ryan, welcome. Did you do the thing?
1: I I did do the thing. Me and Angela Bassett did the thing. And uh, I think that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for context for that your audiences go out there and search ariana Debose bafta rap and uh i see i at first when i first watched that okay i hated it it was so cringe and now i'm like full on it's camp i love it it's it's exactly the same for me I, I can't get it out of my head i mean like You know, like Hong Chao, Lidi, you know what I mean? Like, there's it's 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 great. It's got levels to it, and all the different screenshots of people's faces, Viola snapping, Jamie Lee, like at a rock concert in the back. It's it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, Ariana DeBose started off the uh, whole show with this rap, which Ryan did so well here, but it really has taken a dark turn. She had to leave Twitter today. Yeah. And was I just think, completely yeah. bullied off the whole thing. <laughs> it just feels like people get so oh, up she in she arms needed, about things.
1: I think she just needed to not be on Twitter, maybe after doing something like that. And also to like it, it doesn't help the the um the stereotype of theater kids have thin skin. Um and uh because also too, I mean I get why the BAFTAs wanted to do it because they wanted to kind of like that her Tony um hosting gig was really fun and she had like that viral moment where she was like in andrew garfield's lap and she was singing with the crowd and she you know she's she's a good And she won the
0: bafta last year for exactly. west side story so it was that way bringing her back for this but i also think i a lot of people, the BAFTAs are supposed to be, so, you know, there's Prince so of prim Wales. and proper, yeah. And then they bring on this whole campy thing. I think people were just sort of taken aback.
1: Yeah. I think they were like, I think if you were like, if it was me and I was like Todd Field or the Daniels that had just flown in from the DGA the night before, and, I, and this is the first thing that's happening in the telecast, I would have been, am I still <laughs> jet lagged? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> like, like, what a whiplash.
0: <laughs> the thing about it was that it was so sort of and it was so sort of hysterical
1: well what even doubled down and made it worse I love how we're talking about this more than we are about the Baptist, <laughs> but um but the the fact of the matter is is then like the the person that ran the show the producer of the show goes on like variety or whatever and goes on the whole I didn't think it was that bad and then like that person got dragged and, and it's like <laughs> yes it's the internet you do something that crazy and Untraditional and kind of out of the box, and then I don't think the producer did any favors by saying, "Oh, and she no. wrote all the lyrics," you know. And it's like, no, don't say things like that. Like, just keep the mystery of this thing for a little bit. You know, and I mean? also
0: as a producer of any sort of award show, I mean. You're never going to be loved completely. It's also the just the fact that people are talking about it is good news for you. Just leave it. It's <laughs>
1: insane. It's insane and it's also a swing. I'll give the Baptist credit for that for having a little bit of a swing, a little bit of energy at the in their show cuz it is a very, you know, stiff upper lift sort of crowd. Yeah, the rest and was a bit stiff. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, so like <laughs> The one thing that they do try, it did went viral for them, which is a great thing. You yes. know what I mean? And for especially for a telecast that here in America, where a lot of people are are wanting to know the information of it, uh, they get it like six, seven hours later. So, um, and and I think you know Ariana Debose, she'll have, she'll be in like Schmigadoon season two. She'll have like a great number, and then everybody will love her again. Like it's not like he, she's going to be fine. I think actually, in all honesty, it was probably best that she got off of the twitter and deactivated it for a little bit because you know it's not even just her and her feelings people tag her in things and you know people at celebrities and it's really rude to do that especially when you're gonna then shit talk them the entire time so i think it was just best for her to just kind of like walk away from it give it about a couple weeks let people you know let the Oscars screw up something kim will do something screw it up and then she'll be, and then she'll be back online. You know what
0: I mean. We're, we're soon going to be talking about the slap again, so let's just. Oh. She did the thing. <laughs> but oh, this
1: no, this was much th- better than the slap. Much better. <laughs>
0: what I thought we'd do is talk a little bit more about some general things um, about mm-hmm. the BAFTA Awards, and then get into some of the awards and how they pertain to the Oscars coming up, because there was a bit of a shocker, I think, for everyone doing predictions and everyone in this industry. Turning to something um, not as funny uh, about the BAFTAs, is the BAFTA so white? Please explain, Ryan. They have spent years making different committees and really trying to do something about diversity and all these complicated different committees that were going to nominate um, diverse actors and actresses and, and and filmmakers, and every single winner was white. What happened? Yeah.
1: Well, one a lot of the nominees were white. Let's, let's first put that out there, especially in the technical categories. Um, and the BAFTA over the last two years, they really have tried with their committees and jury system of voting to be one of the to not be like the Golden Globes. Essentially, is that take their diversity or lack of diversity seriously, and it's and it's worked out for good effect. You know, for nominees and winners. Um, uh, Sort of across the board Um, But This year A movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once Was really the one film Across the board That was uh Of diverse artists In front and behind the camera And if they weren't awarded Or if BAFTA didn't like it nearly as much As some other films that people were sort of predicting And upsetting and thinking Of upsets then it was going to play out like this i mean below the line stuff it was clear that this was going to have
0: viola davis and, and angela bessons
1: correct correct but that's but in terms of like having that film one film sort of you know and then there were individual spots like viola davis i think was one of two nominations i think for the woman king and then um you know uh uh, you look at Angela Bassett; she was, uh, you know, it was a very low count for 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 that film till till was the the only nomination was Daniel Detweiler, you know, what I mean, um, you know, there was Daryl McCormick in 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 uh, best actor, but I mean, nobody really thought Daryl had a, a legitimate chance to win, um, maybe in the rising star, which there were, <laughs> there were three people of color in the rising star category, and they went with Emma Mackey. And I was like, uh, okay. I feel like we kind of know who she is, um, you know. And that's—I always feel like the rising star is like the the best uh, new artist at the Grammys. Like it's it's usually more of a popularity contest. It feels like rather than an actual like person they think is going to be on the rise. But um, you know, clearly when you had movies like Elvis and Benches of Inishirin and All Quiet on the Western Front that they really liked. They ended up going with those films, and those are great films. You cannot say that uh, they're not great films. They're some of the best-reviewed, best-celebrated films of the year. But the issue isn't with just the winners. The issue is with still the nominees, the films that are being pushed and propped up. I think a lot of what Gina Prince-Bythewood was – Uh, saying in her Hollywood Reporter um, article recently spoke to not just the Oscars, but the award system in general. And I think that this is, um, if we're going to look to Oscars based off of this night, this might be a little bit of what happens if Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't take home prizes. If Angela Bassett doesn't take home the Oscar, if Ki-Kwon is upset by Barry Keoghan or Brendan Gleeson or somebody else in their category. If Michelle Yeoh doesn't beat out Cate Blanchett, which it's seeming like that race is slowly Mm -hmm. but surely going to be the, the lock. And we'll talk about that in a second. It would be a very white night. And that's what happens when Hollywood doesn't consider other films of color and only selects one. We put all of our hopes in one basket, and it's a terrible burden, I think, to put on one film when the industry at large had multiple things to select, multiple things to award, multiple films to spread the wealth, and they chose not to. And it's not to say also that those other artists that won BAFTAs aren't deserving, but it is alarming that most of the time these excuses for everyone out there are made for when it happened. you know we never get to see that it's this was the first time non-white winners ever you know you know happened at bafta or you know at at uh, sag or at um you know the oscars we never get to see the opposite of that we always get this and this is very alarming when not just the the films and the in and, and the the artists of color are becoming more and more frequent within the race. And there's so many selections, but general audience members are not just primarily white. And it doesn't bode well for future generations of people that see these award shows, see the possibilities that are up on the stage and know that they can't ever get to those goals because of the fact that the awards are only going to specific people. Going into predictions, a lot of people were predicting upsets, and a lot of people were predicting Banshees to do really well here. I don't think we thought it was going to do nearly as well as it did, because usually we start seeing, even with BAFTA in recent memory, like you mentioned it, Ariana DeBose, she carried everything over. Uh, Will Smith carried everything over um, last year when they won their Oscars, um, and they were winning all the awards during the season. And so... When you have key Kwan and Angela Bassett get upset here, um, then it makes it when you do Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, or Brendan Fraser that was going to most likely be the front runner there to win, and it went to Austin Butler. And then when Kate beats Michelle, yeah, for um white acting winners there, great performances, deserving performances, mm-hmm. but it, but it's it you start sitting there and going well, why is the alternative these performances also to, you know, it's very, then and then it doesn't make really any sense. Like if they really loved Banshees all the way,
0: yeah. then then
1: why didn't Colin Farrell win? But then I, they loved Elvis, but you know, it, it feels as if like they had a bunch of different films they loved, but none of them at the end of the day seemed to be any films with people of color in them. Mm. And that is really a more interesting thing because you know, nominations now are one thing, but then wins are then a different story. And everything, everywhere, all at once, only walking away with one win uh, for editing. Um, it's not it. I think it. It you can look into that a little bit for its prospects for the Oscars, but also it does speak to this voting body's uh, lack of of openness. Because you look at SAG, we're going to have SAG here coming up very soon. And SAG has, I think, done the best job at being diverse within the ensembles and stepping away from uh, the norms. Like these are, you know, the, the committee that nominated like 190 Miami and Defy Bloods and awarded Hidden Figures and Black Panther and, you know, and uh, and have, and, and Parasite and have gone out of the way to highlight films that are popular, that are in the awards race, but also different voices within year you know and so um and they've even done that this year i thought that their their nominations were very good and most likely will have very diverse winners both on the television and the film side um and the Baftas are just behind on that
0: the big winner of the night even i mean i think we were expecting some big prizes for all quiet on the western front the german film based on the 20s mm-hmm. book which is A really excellent film, but certainly a very traditional film about war and white guys. And we weren't expecting that it would win pretty much everything. I have this feeling, this is just anecdotal, the European audiences are much less susceptible to everything everywhere all at once. And this just doesn't really work as well in Europe. As something like All Quiet on the West. I don't know if it's a very particular American immigrant story or what what it is. But um, I have had so many meetings with people in Europe that just it's not the movie for them. So I wasn't quite as surprised.
1: I wasn't surprised either. I mean, we were most people I was, you know, predicting the Banshees of Inesheron to do really well there and to win. And the Banshees did do really well. It won um, four awards if I'm not mistaken, and but all quiet winning seven awards, <laughs> seven BAFTAs that's a lot. Um, but and it shows the sign of strength, and it also shows that, like, hey, if you get like 11 nominations, then you're gonna probably be the film that they like the most. Um, but I agree with you, this is, um, you know, everything everywhere all at once has, um, from my boss and friend of the show, Eric Anderson said, it has played the role of both the favorite and the underdog. And it's, I think from this night it is swing back to being the underdog um, more than being a favorite because people are now going to see this coming week, probably as a chance to, if it wins PGA and SAG, then it can swing back its momentum into being in a front runner status. Now I still think it's one of the favorites to win. There's no question about it but this does hurt it because, and I don't think you can ignore it. I think that if you want to ignore it, you are creating a a problem for yourself. You have to look at this regard, like you're saying, regardless of the optics of it, this voting body has spoken. And this is a voting body that has been notorious over the last couple of years of voting for things. And with those things, the Then the Oscars have carried things over. I think of the biggest example of this is something like Chadwick Bozeman and Anthony Hopkins. Um I even think last year them solidifying coda's presence in the race from just being just a sag thing is big, and it carried its momentum all the way, and we saw the weaknesses ever more so with power of the dog and its story, right? Like it won, I believe it just won picture at the skin of its teeth and it won director and that was it. And we were kind of like, it can't just win one Oscar. It got like 12, 13,000 nominations. And then it did, it walked away with just Jane. So I think that we can't underestimate what, this was said but it's not the full story because i think it's what i was saying on the awards watch show this past week we are i think about to see a really interesting divide yes between the american side the sag voters and i think they're going to go with everything everywhere all at once and the european side that is the banshees uh all quite on the western front reign now with having two films, and we've already on that. seen
0: that. Sorry, we've already seen that the djs yeah. the Directors Guild, the Daniels one, and mm-hmm. the BAFTA awards, um mm-hmm. the director of All Quiet on the Western Front one. So,
1: yeah, we've seen the divide there. Yeah, and then I mean, you look at even like Golden Globes, Hollywood Foreign Press. They went for Michelle and Key, but they did not go for the film. They went for Fablemans and they went for Banshees of Inisherin. So, and I'm not saying like you know that. Golden Globes 100 matter like they used to, but uh, they are are more of a a foreign contingent rather than an American contingent right. in their voting uh, processes. That's and the so foreign press, yes, and so that's where I find it to be very interesting. Is where is the where is who has the power? Because I feel like over the last couple of years, it's gone back and forth. And then where do those older members of the Academy lie? who will probably like a Top Gun Maverick. And so if one side likes one film, one side likes one or two other films over that film, and then you have a unknown contingent maybe that doesn't know like this or that, it leads for kind of it up for grabs. And that makes it so exciting. To be honest with you, it makes it so exciting. I know.
0: It's the best. I mean, even though some of the things we talked about are a bit sad. Very when, troubling. When, thi- yeah. when things like this happen in terms of the voting and the winners, it, I mean, this I love it when the awards season takes a turn.
1: <laughs> no, for sure. Because because also too, like in and, and I know there will be a lot of people that if once everything everywhere all at once wins SAG or PGA or both, they will call they will say the race is over. But there's still two more weeks after that. And that's, that's where Power of the Dog lost its Oscar. And it doesn't matter right now if there's a divide amongst that side of the faction that's a, against everything, everywhere all at once. There's still plenty of time to coalesce around one thing. And I know Netflix, they have finally had this organic film come out of nowhere
0: yes they will i don't be think even they it. were expecting this one no. of their all of their films
1: <laughs> no for sure and they they're gonna push it like nobody's business but the other film that i've been hearing uh, a lot out of la that has billboards and posters and everything everywhere is not everything everywhere no. <laughs> it's the banshees of Inisherin and yes. it's fox searchlight so it's really going to come down to these three studios um in netflix who's been a big player over the last couple of years fox searchlight who is no, no pun intended. To Ariana DeBose, done the thing in one Best Picture, you know. And then you're talking about a twenty four that, you know, had a big year, so many films, so many performances that they had, and have this little movie still to carry over to the finish line, you know. And so it's, I think it's really exciting, uh, to see where where it's going to go with and 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 I I, if if we're living in a world where the three films or four films are, you know, because there are some people that think it's Top Gun still is the fourth. And I go, okay, sure. Um, (laughs) But if we want to live in a world where, you know, Banshee's all quiet and everything everywhere all at once are our three contenders to win best picture. I think any one of those are great winners.
0: And, and you remember already on our Banshee's show that you and I had in October, I said, I have not met a single person who doesn't come out of Banshee's Loving it, crying, thinking about it. And the other ones are much more divisive.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna come down to it really isn't even gonna come down to if the movies are high on ballots, it's gonna be it's do you think those films are low on people's ballots? You know what I mean? Because it's like like you're saying, like I've done the I've done the parent test where you know the parent test usually is is very, very foolproof in my household. Where I show the films. where I show the films to my, my family and the, the films that they've sort of struggled with are the films that I've heard that people are struggling with, which is like everything, everywhere, all at once. Or uh some people, you know, you know, one of my family, one of my, my parents didn't like triangle sadness as much as the other. So there's the divide there. Um, But I'll tell you the one that they, of all of them, of all of them, they won't stop talking to me about is Banshees of an I was literally at breakfast and they were quoting lines to me, which also helps if I think for screenplay because it can't get it out of your head. And these are people that are very much the average demographic of the Academy. Still, you know, the average is still, I believe, like a fifty-year-old, mid-fifties white male in the Academy. That's the average. Um, and Banshees is a movie that speaks to him, and uh, and has done pretty much the same, if not neck and neck, pace with. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. This whole time, and I think people have kind of ignored that, or kind of think, you know, "Oh, well, it's banshees," and you know, yeah, sure. But you can't underestimate that movie. I think ever since we talked about it, I've rewatched it, and the movie's grown. And if all it has to do is people to re-see it and rescreen it and and reevaluate it, and it and it grows on its rewatchability. I think Everything, Everywhere, All at Once does that too, but you know we've heard reports of people not finishing the film you know we've heard you know and i don't think that that would be the case with a war film or banshees and so but also too we know the academy to kind of just vote for things without without seeing it either it reminds me of 12 years of slave where they were like i'm not going to see the film but i know i got to put a number one on my ballot you know
0: (laughs) but all of these that we're talking about they have these big human questions that I think everyone is grappling with. And that's what makes these movies. It's sort of the packaging. Do, can people get through the butt plugs and the hot? Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just Okay. parenthood and more subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website hard we're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically that's a hard no dog fingers okay well but they still really really cry and enjoy the mother daughter story and yeah she seems to have sort of the whole package of that. That that
1: which is crazy because that's a movie with chopping off your fingers and throwing them at the door. You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> so, I don't know what there to you tell go. you.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're a weird bunch. They, you know, it's 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 about trying to find the balance between a traditional film and something more progressive. I mean, mm-hmm. like Shape of Water is that balance. I know people are like, oh, well, it's still about a woman having sex with a fish. I'm like, yeah, but if you take out that it's about marginalized people you know what i mean it's about under you know underseen people trying to live in yeah, exactly it's an about emotional emotion. it's cord also, yeah it's also from a person that they've known making wonderful cinema in Guillermo del Toro you know what i mean so uh they can trust them and i think that that's something too to think about when all this is that Martin McDonough is somebody that they've known and they and they and they trust with their films. And even when we all didn't like three billboards, they still nominated it a ton and gave it a couple Oscars. Like, you know, I think that you have to take that a little bit into consideration, too, uh, when it all is said is done, Um, you know, is how many of these newcomers are going to go and beat their favorites. And they've over the last couple of years, you know, since the pandemic, they've they've awarded a lot of new people. And their favorites have kind of, you know, they've been quiet over there. They haven't really done it a lot, and so that's why I think like somebody like Kate Blanchett's going to win the Oscar because that's somebody they know, that somebody they love. It's a great performance, and it's the only. She's the only person that's ever won an Oscar of the twenty nominees this year, which that's is that's
0: incredible.
1: Which is great too, because usually it's a bunch of guys, you know. So.
0: But isn't it interesting I want to get into a few of the after winners here but just quickly how little we're talking about Steven Spielberg oh. master Spielberg that's he's just seems he's out of the race
1: well you, think- you can look at it you can look at it like that um if there is a I'm, I again I think Saturday night it was so crazy to watch Saturday night kind of happen and see the Daniels win the DGA which is a big award it is a, it's a huge award but then to see them not even 24 hours later lose the battle to a person not even nominated at the Oscars from that voting body meaning that yes Spielberg didn't make their cut and wasn't saved by their jury um which means that <laughs> which and, and wasn't like one of the like eight guys that were there but Edward Berger's direction, while it's great and it's grand, it's a very traditional pick. And the traditional pick left in the Oscars is Steven Spielberg. So do those votes for Berger that put him over the top there, do those go to Spielberg or not? So there's not a clear consensus just yet. I mean, for predictions wise, I would pick the Daniels as of right now, just because of the fact that they won the DGA. Against Spielberg head to head, but um, not having Spielberg at BAFTA. If, if Spielberg was at BAFTA and had won it, uh, or if Field or McDonough had won BAFTA, this would been a very tight race. Now it's 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 there's still questions to it, but I think ultimately it leads to the Daniels. But I don't think he's 100 out just yet, just because of the alternatives uh Ruben Osland, McDonough and Field, they didn't win BAFTA. You know what I mean? Uh they weren't I I don't even think Osland was nominated. Uh and so that's where so that's where it goes to like if they couldn't beat the Daniels at BAFTA, they're not gonna probably win the Oscar. But you can logic kind of says that Spielberg is still the strongest out of all of them if they want to just go with that narrative still. But I think it's the Daniels and it really is a shame because it feels like, with the all quiet win for score and Babylon's showing of score, too, it does feel like the two wins for Fableman's, which were a lot of people were predicting were John Williams and, and Steven Spielberg, these titans of the industry. Um, yeah,
0: and as you were saying, these, the ones we trust and and yeah, the, you know, the you, apparently not there,
1: <laughs> not there. It happens. It happens sometimes, and it happens. And you know, some categories it works, and some categories it doesn't. You know, in the acting side this year, yeah, it does. You know, because four uh, newcomers, um, one or not newcomers, but new winners won last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, two newcomers. Period. Um, and so um and they and they like to award sort of kind of titans in their industry but then there also are people that come along and they make something so spectacular that it's hard for everyone to not fall in love with them so and not um, even big
0: jim not big even Cameron. big jim they
1: did, they had big jim they had baz they had all these people there this year and they didn't nominate them they nom- and you know and what makes it so even crazy too Christina is the fact that burger wasn't the choice at oscars it was ruben oslin
0: because so if he confusing. was the choice
1: oh my god we would be having a conversation for sure and i think that that would have helped all quiet's best picture chances too because it's you know it's probably gonna it might win three four five oscars but it's probably still not gonna win best picture which is kind of crazy you know well, let's so.
0: run through these for context. The Everything Everywhere All that had 11 Oscar nominations and All Quiet on the Western Front had, has nine, uh, mm-hmm. right? So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> in terms that's of really
1: it. good. Yeah. The
0: BAFTA started the night um, All Quiet on the Western Front, one adapted screenplay, it did sort of start the ball rolling for a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of awards coming up.
1: Yeah, it did. And obviously, with women talking not in the lineup, there was going to be something here um that uh was going to be the winner and i think that we have a race between all quite on the western front and uh and women talking um now it would be interesting i'm gonna just say uh, we we talked about this on the aw show it would be interesting if sag does pull an upset and it goes to women talking for ensemble I think then at that point you can say that women talking is going home with that adapted screenplay win. And then you would be kind of like, well, where does that put it for best picture than two? Is it only going to win its two Oscar nominations and that's it? Um, but uh but I think that it's uh, you know, I, I expect women talking to I believe still pull it out, but all quiet has become with this loud it's not like it was like one or two Baptists, it was seven seven, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that blows my mind. If I mean, there is a potential they could, like I said, win five easily. They could win sound. They could win. Um, they could win score. Um, they could win um, adapted screenplay, editing, and they could win um, no cinematography. They could win cinematography because they're not nominated for it. And they could also win um, international feature. That's five. Those are e- and they're easily in those conversations there too for it. So um, but yeah, I think it's it's the two horse race still. But it's it's now cool to find out what the other film is that'll go up against uh, most likely women talking.
0: So supporting actress and actor went to two of the banshees. Um we have Carrie Condon and Barry Kyogen. Little bit surprising there. I think we were all expecting Kiyu Kwan to win.
1: Yeah, I mean there were odds makers going out there and saying that if there was an upset, it was Brendan Gleeson and it was, and not Barry Keoghan. So that Barry Keoghan won. I was shocked. I have to say, I was also very happy because it's such a good performance. And it's, if you like Banshees, you're going to like that scene by the river and it's going to tear your heart out. And so, and it's been viral and we should have probably seen it coming. I don't think that it's going to 100% derail key Kwan. I mean, the man has such charisma when he's talking and he's got such heart. You've seen it in person. He is as charming of a person as you can meet. Um, And I just think that his story and his narrative and his performance is going to carry him over the top. But I, I think so think... too. But
0: the interesting thing is that we've gotten to know Barry's narrative as well mm-hmm. these past few weeks, which is incredibly strong. And the yeah. a boy from foster homes who lost yeah. his parents and who ended up acting. I mean, it, it's an incredibly strong and really inspiring story. So both of these narratives of these inspiring two actors, both of us, them are so worthy. So I think it's hard to predict.
1: No, I I I'm leaning with Key, but I, I agree. I think that Barry Kyogen is the alternative at this point. Um, but when you look at supporting actress, and you know, I would I, I was you know, I, I wasn't more I was more surprised with Key Quan being upset than I was Angela Bassett because I kind of felt that if yeah, the Baptist because I felt that if there was going to be an upset because that supporting actress category has just been kind of feeling as if like Angela Bassett god love her she's an icon she did the thing all that stuff but it it's still the idea that it's a Marvel performance the idea that it's you know that she wasn't really heavily predicted early on that it's kind of almost defaulted in a way because then you had Michelle Williams move to lead, and there were all these circumstances that that worked out to her benefit, but it still was like, I don't think BAFTA's is going to go for them, and it goes back to the race thing as well. Like, it goes back to their racist bias is that like this is still the committee. This mm-hmm. is still the voting body that has not nominated one of the greatest actors of all time in Denzel Washington. So why would they award Angela Bassett? Um, for a Marvel movie, I I never saw that coming. And so Carrie Condon made sense. Plus also Carrie Condon too, is not undeserving and her sort of 30 year narrative of finally getting her place in the sun for, you know, and, and, and that's the thing too. I think people need to kind of understand. It's not the same thing about, you know, our race here in America between, you know, what African Americans and Latinos and Asian Americans go through on a, on a single ba- day basis, on everyday basis, actually not single day basis, everyday basis. Um, what the Irish go through in, in the UK, is, I mean, they've, they've had to fight wars over this and there's still, I mean, I, I see the the videos every now and then with Killian Murphy and with, um and with Colin Farrell and Barry Keoghan and all these other actors that have, you know, they're like, "Oh, you're you're British? Oh, you're UK." And they're like, "No, I'm Irish. I'm Irish." There's a there is a a difference between it. And so the BAFTA's celebrating the Irish, not saying it's diverse. But what I'm saying is, is that it's very rare for them to do it. That's why you know we were, there were a lot of people also being like, "How much are they going to celebrate Banshees? Be- and will they go all the way with it? Because it is an Irish film. It's a very Irish film." And so uh, and they didn't go all the way with it, but they, they did in these categories and a couple others. But um, and coincidentally enough, in best British film, which was right, um, <laughs> exactly. which was quite like, which was quite like, wow, um, I've, if there was a movie, if there was not an award, best film. That they, so
0: they're going to keep them a little yeah, bit on gonna, their toes. There.
1: You're the best British film, but, but don't go film, thinking anything else. No, the way, that's yeah, the Germans. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm. You know, and her career and mostly being a stage actress and not having uh, the big roles. And her career with
0: Martin McDonough, too, and all the work she's put in for him and big roles and small roles. And really, they feel like such a team, these four together. But moving on, we mentioned that All Quiet on the Western Front then took film not in English language, um, editing and cinematography in one fell swoop. (laughs) And Charlotte Wells was the outstanding debut. That's incredible, which she also had won the night before at the DGA's. So that made me really happy for After Sun. And then original screenplay, Banshees. What does that mean for the Oscars?
1: Means that it's the front runner, and it has been this entire time. And I think that people have to see it as that, um, because of the fact that. WGA is really not going to matter this year. It's really not going to factor in at all. So you have to take this a little bit with like, uh, now you have to take it with some salt because, you know, last year licorice pizza won this over Belfast on a home turf. Uh, And then licorice pizza went on to lose over at WGA. Um, But we had all those happen before the voting at the Oscars occurred. And uh, uh, that won't be the case. Like, I think it's like a couple of days before the Oscars like two or three days before the Oscars when the WGA announces, So um, I think, ban- and, and what we've seen with critics groups is they they love everything everywhere all at once, but Banshees of Sharon still win screenplay. And we've seen that with a- almost everybody, you know, the Golden Globes. Obviously it didn't happen a critics choice, but the Baptist here, it winning here was, a, was, was big. Because if it's, you know, to help its case So I think it's a, it's a 1A and it's becoming a little bit Of a distant 1B to everything Everywhere all at once, but I think if if Banshees is sitting In a really great position right now for the whole Thing, if it It, it, it might come down to If the Daniels end up losing Somehow to Spielberg, which I Don't think they are, but if they Lose, uh, let's say they win director Okay, if they're going to win director And Martin McDonough wins screenplay and let's say Carrie Condon pulls the upset and Ki Kwan wins Best Supporting Actor. We're all going to be really on the edge of our seat when that final envelope is open. <laughs> and it will be very, very interesting because, like, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once can win um, editing, which would be a big nod to it. Uh, none of Neither film are nominated in, in cinematography. Um, you know, it, it it will be because usually the recipe of the last couple of years has been an acting performance, screenplay and picture. That's been like the last couple of years. So with that, uh, if they both have that going into the final envelope, um, be a nail biter. And I kind of love that. I yes, love a nail biter.
0: That's the best. <laughs> you know. Did it surprise you at all that Navalny won over All the Beauty and the Bloodshed and Fire of Love? Fire of Love had won the DGA, Saradoso won directing the night before.
1: I'm not so sub- I'm I'm not surprised with it. It is a movie with a a very timely message, and it c- continues to be very timely as of right now. Um, personally, for me, I, I still think Fire Love is is something that they will lean towards more, but definitely Navalny has the um. It ha- it has the timely factor to it. It has the you know the the urgency. Um, with it and uh, so it, it's a that's again a very tight race but yeah it winning over there was not necessarily surprising um but but it, uh but yeah saradoza winning over at dga i was very happy for that and uh go into producer skills we'll see what what happens
0: you were mentioning before these great three films that talk about amazing all the beauty in the bloodshed fire oh. of love navalny all that breeze. i mean it's such a great group we've of had a really great year
1: for documentaries once again you yeah. know
0: we talked about another score and sound both went to all quiet i was a bit surprised i was thinking justin Hurwitz could have more of a chance here for babylon
1: man it's that it's like first man all over again isn't it uh i mean it's 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 really underperformed from like it's early on sort of projections and uh, especially after it's showing at Golden Globes. Um, yeah, I tend to think that the BAFTA is leaning towards all quiet on the Western front. Um, I don't think her is out, um, but, that you know, there's not like a sense that that is such a unique score. Uh, all quiet on the Western front. And it has that, those, blah, blah, you know, it's, it's very, it's very experimental. And if you watch that movie, it's something that lingers into your head uh, long after it. Now, if we're talking about the most score, it's Babylon. Yes. Well,
0: Babylon's the most <laughs> yeah. everything.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's over the top and everything, but I tend to lean. And this is just my process and how I, how I think. And I think, Eric and most of us do this is then when you have a, a split between a film that's between two films, I think first things first, I think, okay, well, what's the film nominated for best picture. And that's all quite on the Western front over Babylon. But if it's then, if it's the movie, uh, if both films are nominated in the, in, in, like in the case of everything everywhere all at once and like banshees, I lean to, okay, which one is most likely the front runner for best picture. In that case. And, um, uh, and now that doesn't always work in every category, but you know, you kind of think, okay, well, you got to tell a story with the winds. So it's looking like everything everywhere. All at once is story goes through director and Banshee stories goes through uh original screenplay. And so for all quiet on the Western front for its big upset story. To repeat from BAFTA all the way to the Oscars and be the first film ever to be, uh, uh, not a remake but a second adaptation of of, of similar material, a previous Best Picture winner. Uh, for that to do it, it would have to win pretty much all the text and adapted screenplay, and it would have to get a lot of those SAG voters to start turning around on it, um, it would have to carry everything over and it would, ha- and it could not be low on people's list. And I don't think it will be, but, um, but yeah, I think that score to answer the question score is, is very much that case. Though I think Top Gun Maverick's still very strong over in sound. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a very showy sound film uh, for it,
0: but yeah. usually the war movies.
1: Yeah, they do well that's, too. They but. do well. But so do, so do like, but like fighter pilot jets yeah, and everything. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. It's, it's, it's a tough but one. It's so
0: weird that Top Gun isn't nominated and Claudio isn't nominated in cinematography. For
1: cinematography. Yeah. That is still, well, that one's one of those things where it's like the critics were making it happen. And I started thinking to myself, I was like, okay, all right. And then it, and then the industry said no. And I went, really? That's the thing you wanted to say? No? Like, I get Tom Cruise, maybe. But, like, the cinematography in that movie is where you want to say no? Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: The outstanding British film, as we mentioned, was, of course, Banshees. Um, Production design went to Babylon, which has won a few things now. So that didn't surprise me all that much. Um, Director we talked about at length. Let's talk about the actors. (laughs) So any surprise here, Austin and Kate?
1: Um not with Kate. I've told you, I think this on the show and off air, I think Kate's winning the Oscar. Um, I just recently predicted Michelle Yo to win the SAG. Uh, and my lovely friend and uh co-host over there, uh, Eric Anderson and Dan Bayer were like, well, what does that mean for Oscar? And I said, Oh, it doesn't matter. Cause Kate's still winning the Oscar. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not getting off of that. You know, Michelle can have SAG and and it's a great win to have and, and everything. But it just ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think I think it's such a close race between best actress that if Michelle pulls out, it's like it's very tight. And then to have the win over at BAFTA. So those tight votes mixed in with like the, the European votes, uh, I think are really or the international votes even. I think are really going to help her over the top. And I, I again, they like she'll be the one favorites person that they know and and they love that film they love tar too. It's not like they don't love it, but that's I think also what's the laziest way to reward tar um it, it's uh gay um an actor, I was genuinely shocked that it was Austin Butler because I expected it to be Colin Farrell. um I thought that he looked a bit Fry, shocked too i if, if there was not you know with barry and and Carrie winning, I thought it was gonna be Colin, and honestly. I thought that Colin Farrell was going to have the outside chance of still winning. He was definitely the critics favorite this entire season. And the upset person was, I think everyone was like assuming it was Brendan Frazier, but actually I thought it was Austin Butler, but ultimately I was like, I think Colin's got that one locked in. and I think Austin has sag. And then we'll find out between the two who wins the Oscar. Butler winning that shows the sign of strength for Elvis. And then um you know i was i and then i think he's gonna win saga i think he's gonna be our oscar winner for, i have to tell you elvis from presley.
0: from santa barbara the reactions to ask austin butler in the room when he came out for his panel was literally like harry styles and the beatles put together it
1: was like elvis presley was in the building
0: exactly from every single age group Brandon Fraser had an incredible reaction too, but it was much more a bunch of really fun, um, little inebriated people yelling bedazzled and, and see Encino man and, you know, really loving his career in general. But the the reactions to Austin Butler were just incredible. So I, I started thinking, he's getting that Oscar. This is the done deal.
1: Well, it goes back to those rumblings we were hearing about the screenings uh, in LA before, uh, the televised events, right. That, oh my God, people are lined up around the block to see Elvis and people thought, oh, well then that means it's winning picture and Baz and all these things. And I'm like, no, I think that means that he's winning best actor. Sometimes it doesn't mean it's going to take the whole cake, but it's going to take a big piece of the pie, which is, you know, um, it, which is that he's going to take one of the four acting spots and it makes sense. It's, Got got the makeup win uh to go along with it. It's got the best picture nomination to go along with it, which goes with history. I haven't had a best actor winner without uh, a best picture nomination since Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges in 2009. And that of course is a career, you know, win um and a sweeper to go along with it too. Um so I, I and that's why when the whale wasn't nominated, I thought it was Colin Farrell and, and Austin Butler, and now it seems to be Austin Butler on the search but if sag doesn't go with austin butler um weirdly enough i think they'll go with brendan Fraser. um but
0: there's something about how these two prepared too that i think a lot of mm -hmm. people found very interesting i mean austin butler's trying been trying to tone down a bit of the method the voice Mm -hmm. sounding exactly still like elvis but still the People have a lot of respect for that. I think that he immersed himself for years in in this character, and, and also Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. And Brendan Fraser also has a comeback story where he immersed himself into a very a difficult role, which he I'm sure knew from the beginning would be divisive in many ways.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so too. I think so too. I and I and personally, I want Colin Farrell to win because I think that that performance, that performance is going to be like. <laughs> And it's not to say that uh, Austin or or Brendan Fraser don't give good performances. I think they do. Um, but it reminds me a lot of last year where, you know, Will Smith was the winner. And it wasn't my favorite performance of the bunch, but it was it was a good winner. I'm not going to disparage the winner. And then the alternative seemed to be for everyone was Andrew Garfield, like the alternative this year seems to be Brendan Fraser. And I was the guy going, what about guy number three? Uh, What about Benedict Cumberbatch? You know what I mean? Like he was like giving the best performance of his career there. And, uh, and, and always like knocking it out of the park. And then I think with Colin Farrell, I'm like, what about that guy over there? You know, the guy that gave four performances this year and knocked them all out of the park and was the best year about, you know, of his career. And, and is also like genuinely such a good guy. It's like, what, what if we awarded him? Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, so I I don't know. I I I guess I'll just have to
0: But it feels like in that ensemble group he sort of disappears when we get to these very flashy performances that both honestly Frazier and Austin Butler have.
1: Yeah, they're they are very flashy and the makeup and everything.
0: And you and I have already given Colin the special honorary eyebrow Oscar.
1: That's fair. If there was best best eyebrow Oscar, he there's not even a close content.
0: No better eyebrow acting than than no this guy. No. Finally, the winner of the night on Sunday was all quiet on the Western Front.
1: I think it's such a testament to the to the strength and love of the film, because when I saw it at the Middleburg Film Festival, it was like I remember speaking to people. It was like really it was like hey go check it out it's really good oh is it is it really good and the there were good responses out of tiff uh, i know that when we did our tiff episode uh kevin lee and nicole ackman had saw the film and said man this one should really be the one netflix is pushing for best picture and uh and and i and so i was very intrigued and i saw the film and i was like oh it's another world war one Uh, you know, war movie. It's a remake. And it's like, I I was not a big fan of 1917 and I watched the film and I was blown away by it. And then later that afternoon I got to speak to Edward Berger and talk to him and what a charming, nice man, just a very, very humble guy. And it's also like, it's a great story too. The fact that this guy is like made mostly German television shows and has known this book from inside and out and, Um, got the opportunity to make the the quintessential German novel, um, and of our, of our time and, and made such an interesting, beautiful film. It's very much like an ode to Terrence Malick and, and a lot of other things. So take outside the context of what happened at Baptist and just take the context of this movie winning. It is a shock. Because again, I thought it would be Banshees. And if it wasn't Banshees, it was everything everywhere all at once. But the the I but I saw some people on Twitter, God, I really hate that bird app. And going and saying, Oh, what a boring pick. And they're like, and somebody that was that I very highly respected, they like, oh, what I love the I really love the film, but it's such a boring pick. And I go, no, the the these voting buyers are picking what they think is the best film. And they picked one of, I think, the best films of the year. It was in my top 10 of the year. And I'd be happy if any of the films in my top 25 or 30 this year won Best Picture. That's just kind of me. And a lot of them are in this lineup. And one of them happens to be All Quiet on the Western Front. And also, I mean, you mentioned it, just the way it looks and the way that those, I mean, Felix uh, Kammerer's performance, I mean, his eyes and that long, mud-crusted face just tells you everything about that movie and it's it's very um it, it just it's changes just very along
0: it's, with the drama yeah. the face the eyes the everything it's,
1: it's everything I wanted 1917 to be and then some and it just and it's so organic because I love I love the Netflix people to death I really do there's some they are the best team in the business but this was not their top priority this year. It was not. I know They were caught off guard. (laughs) They wanted Bardo and, you know, Glass Onion and, you know, all these other films, even, you know, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is clearly going to be our animated winner, which is going to be great. Um, But this one was a bit of a surprise and it happened organically. It feels a lot organic like what happened last year with Coda, where that movie got in, started winning things. I love that people started watching it even though that it got nominated and then it won the most awards. And now the only thing that's different between Coda and all quiet on the Western front is it's not at SAG. It's not at uh PGA and it wasn't at DGA. So it has to go up against the guilds in America. Um, but if it comes back around on the Academy and Netflix does a job, maybe we're having a different story. Um, it would be an unprecedented winner yeah, to without, be without acting and editing. Ending. <laughs> which is which is which goes back to like before the editing category was even created, <laughs> I think. So it would be because that was the the good the odds thing that,
0: on this if you're in Vegas.
1: <laughs> very much so. Like if you want to bet it sure, but only maybe bet like five bucks. You know what I mean? Um, but you'll have good return on events. But like no, it it was why I didn't ultimately pick nineteen seventeen, because and I said nineteen seventeen wasn't going to win because it didn't get into editing, and it didn't get into uh, any of the acting categories, and so that's why I was like, it's either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or it's or it's uh, Parasite, you yeah. know, and um and it was ultimately it was Parasite. Uh, and it came down to the original screenplay winner. You know what I mean?
0: Um, we're going to leave it there. We have a couple weeks to go here in this exciting race. And um, I'm going to talk to both you and Eric, I'm sure, these coming weeks to see what's going on and what changes. So next weekend, it's SAG and PGA, which are, of course, the oh, biggies that'll really turn this thing around or make it even more confusing, which I almost think is more fun. But. <laughs>
1: me too me too i want chaos i want women talking and top gun or avatar to win like some you know pga you know something wild
0: thanks again
1: thank you so much for having me on we did the thing and that's all that matters we did the (laughs) thing hello and welcome to novel conversations
0: a podcast about the world's greatest stories i'm your host frank Lavallo.